All right, we are live, brothers and sisters. Uh, Mr. Phil Fox, Drops of Hope Ministries, along with my brother, Gen Z Apologetics in the house. Blessings. Here we go. All right. Uh, <clears throat> it is the four o'clock hour uh, here on the the west or what east side, excuse me, east side of the country. I got my man uh, from the Midwest, uh, Gen Z Apologetics. How are you doing today, Gen Z? Doing pretty good. Uh, was watching a stream over at your brother in Christ channel, um, and apparently, I feel so. I feel incredibly special. He. He was gonna. He wrapped it up quickly just for me, so I feel incredibly special. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, I appreciate that, your brother in Christ. I'm sorry I missed the I missed the broadcast, my brother, but um, I will have to go back and and check that out. Um, <clears throat> the live chat was rolling early, and um, we have a a very very special appearance by our brother Fred Sanford. Uh, blessings to you, brother. We appreciate you taking the time coming out and checking this out. Um, of course, uh, your brother in Christ uh, in the house. And uh, of course, always uh, the mega mod, uh, Nate2D2. Appreciate you being here, my brother. Uh, thank you for all the support, everything that you do for all the channels uh, and pushing this idea of apologetics. Uh, my sister rocks B always, always, always. Uh, it's always a good day. I get to see my, my sister rocks B. Um, she has been gracious as well. Um, my little sister L I S O Elohim. Um, thank you little sister. And Hey, you can go back to the channel. Now I fixed it. I fixed it. Uh, you can go back to my channel and I had my foot in my mouth the last time I seen your little sister. Uh, but you and your brother in Christ are on the uh, the featured channels list, <laughs> so go back and 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 look at that. Uh, and then who else we have in a chat here? Um, the chat was rolling early, man. It was rolling early. Um, looking here, oh my brother, uh, my brother, servant of Christ Ministries. Uh, appreciate you being here, my brother. Um, last night. Uh, SOC kicked off uh, the Saturday Night Live with SOC, uh, and that was the first ever um, uh, SNL with SOC. Um, it's a Bible study format, verse-by-verse verse format. So um, make sure you go and check out, check out that replay. And um, so Friday nights, we got the Bodega with BK Apologist and Company. And Saturday nights, we have now, we have the Saturday Night Live. And then now with Sundays, we have both your brother in Christ and Mr. Phil Fox. Um, so we got, we're, we're starting to get the weekend on lock. And then more and more, we're going to try to add more. That's kind of the vision is we got someone on every night, kind of a standard set um, every night. And then we, you know, we get the whole week covered. Um, let's see. Uh, my aunt... Donna Duncan, 
uh, all the way, 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 way on the West Coast. I uh, appreciate you being here, Auntie. Uh, my, my uncle, my, my uncle, brother Raymond, good to see you. Ah, uh, Haokola. Uh, uh, Koda, sorry, sorry, wrong language, wrong language. That was that was uh, Lakota. You're speaking Dakota. Good to see you, uh, David, uh, my my big brother in the Lord, and my mother, uh, Miss Mrs. Renee Fox. Um, good to see you, Mom. Glad you can make it. And then always with her is um, my little my little niece uh, Julia. Hi, Julia. Good to see you. Yeah, my man, CMB, listening on the road. All right, my brother. Yeah, CMB is a good brother too, man. I appreciate his ministry. Go and check out anything that he's on. Always good, always good. So, uh, Gen Z, what are we here to do today? Well, I primarily deal with Islam and atheism, so... I got into, I feel like most people get into atheism as soon as they do apologetics. Um, but about six months after I got into apologetics, I started learning about Islam. And now that's my two main things. And I decided that it'd be cool to go through, to like with Islam, to compare and contrast because there's actually a lot of similarities between the two but the, the differences are fundamental and go through their arguments and go through arguments of atheists and go through all that and see why Jesus comes out on top. Mm. Yeah. A couple of extra shout outs here to my, uh, my mother in love, uh, my mom and my, my mom and father-in-law, uh, Jody Breck and Bob Breck. Good to see you guys. Uh, sister Shawnee Miller in the house, blessings to you. Uh, always good to see you sister and, and fantastic job last night. She was part of the panel last night on, uh, SNL. Uh, so, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Gen Z. Uh, what, um, what, uh, what brought you into apologetics and, and, and why Muslims, why atheists? Yeah. Um, I got into apologetics at the age of 16 and uh, because uh, I grew up in a Christian home, but I really, I really didn't care about Christianity. I feel like that's a big thing in uh, where I live. And from what I've seen, that's, that is a big thing around the world. Um, I didn't really care. I lived my life how I wanted. Um, and, you know, by the time I was 14, 15, some stuff happened in my life. And I just, I had, I got depression. I got all very bad things. And I just felt like there was this hole inside of my life, but I didn't know where it came from and how to fill it. And uh, late October of 2018, I uh, went to a, a, a a Bible retreat for the fall called Fall Fling is what my church called it. And I gave my life to Christ, started watching some Billy Graham videos on YouTube as everybody does. And then on the recommended feed, I was recommended this guy named Ravi Zacharias. I thought, why not? 
and been doing this ever since. With Islam, I was just, I was just taking a walk, minding my own business, and I just got this random thought, like, you know, because people are probably going to disqualify me for um, not knowing all the religions, because they'll say, well, it's basically just like Islam and Judaism and all that stuff. I thought maybe I should learn Islam. Maybe I should learn what Islam teaches because it's a big thing in the culture. And people say it's just like Christianity. Maybe I should find out if that's true. Turns out there is a lot of differences. We, we share a lot of commonalities uh, with Muslims, but there are differences that are fundamental to each faith. Mm -hmm. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. So, so that's why we we had you on today, you know, is to we're going to look at a few of the common uh, objections to Christianity. And uh, hopefully, brother, you can walk us through on how we can answer some of these these common these common questions or common objections or or, you know, some of them might be, you know, not so common that. You know, you know, maybe some of us might not understand fully or or maybe we've heard it one time or another, but we weren't sure, uh, not sure how to answer it. So, um, you know, so so, brother, we have definitely a full plate today. Um, but uh, I think you wanted to start with uh, with Islam, right? Yes. So uh, so I'm basically turning the show over to you, brother, because you got. You got the info, you got the facts, man. So, uh, so take it away, brother. Yeah. For, um, Islam and Christianity, there's a lot of similarities. Um, they, we believe that God created the world. We believe that God created, um, uh, humanity. We believe he sent prophets into the world. In fact, uh, the six articles of faith in Islam is believing in like hell and health, uh, heaven and hell angels and, what they call jinn, but what we call demons, and believing in the scriptures and prophets and uh, predestination, which a lot of people really don't talk about that, but it's not really important to the, the topic, the article of predestination. But we do have a lot of things in common, and the reason that is is Muhammad thought that he he uh, he was in line with the prophets like Moses and uh, Jeremiah and Zechariah and Jesus. They because they believe Jesus is a prophet, and uh, which is it can be confusing because some of the similarities is they believe Jesus is the Messiah. They believe in the virgin birth. They believe well, most Muslims don't really believe this, but the Quran says that. Jesus is a word from Allah and a spirit from Allah. So there's a lot of similarities, but there are things that Islam denies about Christianity that are like the main things. The first is the Trinity. Islam denies the Trinity. They think God is an absolute one unitary being that the doctrine is called Tawheed. And there's places where the Quran doesn't really deny the Trinity because the Quran doesn't really understand it. Mm. It denies polytheism mm. a lot. It thinking the Trinity is polytheism. That's mm. why 
most Muslims will, will come to you and say, you believe in three gods because the Quran depicts the, the Quran depicts the Trinity as, as tritheism. Mm. There's yeah. even Nick, go, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so there's, there's, um, so there, there is, so you're saying there's a lot of similarities within, with, within that, that could be almost akin to the, um, Christianity, Jude, uh, Judaism and, and Islam. And so, cause you, you hear that all the time, right? We, we always hear this all the time. You know, the, the, you know, we're all worshiping the same God, man, back off, back off, you know, but one of the and and that's important for us to understand is that when we are approached by by people especially in in the just face to face you know our our everyday conversations um you know these can be ins for for you to understand is that these are that's one of the common arguments is that we are, you know, hey man, we're you know, friendly fire, friendly fire, man. You know, we're we're all the same. You know, we we all worship the same God. You know, and and in and look, even even the Quran says Jesus. See, we we believe in Jesus too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's so so it ultimately becomes to uh, it boils down to Gen Z, this idea of um, of really having to define terms right yes um a lot of the times it's it's the same words but different definitions um like with the trinity um the quran has where it talks where allah is talking to jesus in surah 5 which surahs are basically chapters of the quran so if, if a muslim ever says to um surah 1 ayah 1 he's saying he basically uh, the the equivalent for you would be chapter one, verse one. Um, so yeah, like with the Trinity in Surah five, it talks about a, a conversation between Allah and Jesus. And Allah says, Oh Jesus, did you ever tell the people to take you and your mother as two separate gods besides Allah? So that's how the Quran pictures the Trinity. It, it, it pictures three gods Allah, Jesus, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, the, as three separate gods that work together as one. That's its definition of the Trinity, mm -hmm. which any Christian would know that that's wrong. One, no Christian believes that Mary is God. And two, uh, no Christian would affirm polytheism. Mm -hmm. Now, can you define polytheism for us? So polytheism is... It's different from the Trinity, which it believes that there are, as the tr the doctrine of the Trinity is that God is one being or essence, but exists in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are the same God because they share the same nature or essence. Polytheistic gods don't do that. Uh, it's completely different, same like different essence, different nature. Like if you look at mm -hmm. Greco, uh, Greek pagan gods, they are not the same. They're completely, completely different um, beings sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I, you know, it just like, uh, oh, shout out to uh, Restoration TV. Um, bless you. Uh, thank you for stopping in. <clears throat> yeah, so, so yeah, it's important for us to, you know, when we when we're looking at these things, trying to examine these things, and as we're as we're processing through these, and we hear some of these things out in the street, or arguments towards them or for them. Um, you know, it, this is this, it, that's why it's important for us to to make sure that we are defining our terms because this happens a lot, even within Christianity, even within you know different different cult groups within Christianity. They'll use the Christian language, but they'll redefine the term to mean something just maybe slightly nuanced different, but it changes the the whole entire theological framework. And so that's why it's important. So when, when we're engaging these, uh, you know, these, these questions or, or any of these um, things that they try to marry together, because, uh, because that's one of the things is, is, is there is remember, and I hate using the terminology or this us versus them type terminology, but it really is. Uh, remember that they're trying to infiltrate you as well. Um, yeah. because you know, that's, they have a faith, a, a faith framework that they're working with as well. And that's important to understand. So they're going to try and just at, just as we are being tactical, brother Gen Z is being tactical and I'm being tactical when I'm talking to, and, and when we are, uh, those of us who are in the chat and those who might be watching later, as we are trying to be tactical with communicating our, our faith with them, so are they with us. And they might not be doing it directly or they might not be doing it consciously, but um, they're, they might be doing it unconsciously and, and indirectly. So that's why it's important for us to do these types of things. Um, so now as it comes to Islam uh, and how, uh, you know, how they, you, you mentioned uh, we went through the Trinity, um, you know, Mary, um, how do they try to communicate? And you mentioned one, one thing about the, uh, the Quran and how it mentions different characters that are in the, in, in the scripture. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Michelle Turner. Blessings to you, sister. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, so, you said that the, the Quran mentions Christ or mentions Jesus. Um, but yet there's a, there's a misinterpretation there. So can you expound on that a little bit as far yes. as uh, Jesus, they now don't get me wrong. Muslims, uh, they in, in the worldview of, of Islam, they have extremely high respect for, for Jesus. They think that Jesus is a prophet, and for Islam, uh, being a prophet is a huge honor. Um, they believe that he is the Messiah. They believe that he was called to bring the people back to, to call the people of Israel back to worshiping the one true God because they believe they went astray and Allah sent Jesus to bring him back. They believe that uh, the Quran teaches that Jesus is a word and spirit from Allah. And, uh, but there, the difference is because 
Muhammad, as, as I said before, Muhammad said that Jesus isn't God. The Quran denies that Jesus even died on the cross. They, they say it's, it's kind of like a weird, I don't want to say a swoon theory, but I guess you could say it. They believe that somebody else was made to look like Jesus and that person was crucified. Mm. In fact, I, in fact, a couple of days ago, I, I was in a debate with somebody and they said that it was Barnabas that was crucified and Jesus of Nazareth was let go. Mm. Um, uh, so they believe that somebody else, there's different theories, some theories, it's more of a modern theory for uh, Muslims to say Judas was crucified and not Jesus. Um, there's many different ones. There's not like a consensus on one, but you'll either find some random person, uh, some random person being crucified or Judas today. The Barnabas one, that was, that was, I, I think that was an outlier, but that was the first one I've ever heard somebody make that argument. But, and they did not, because he never died, they deny his resurrection, obviously. So the three big things of, Christ, of Christianity where it concerns Jesus, his deity, death, and resurrection, Islam denies that. They'll say, yes, he performed miracles. Yes, he was a prophet of God. Yes, he was the Messiah. Yes, he's the word and spirit of Allah. But he's not God. He's, he didn't die on the cross. And since he didn't die on the cross, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't resurrected from the dead. Mm. Say that again. So, hmm? Say that again. That's there are important. many, the, there's many agreements. They believe he's the Messiah, miracles, word and spirit from Allah, but they deny his deity. They say he's not God. They deny his death on the cross, Surah 4, verse 157. And they since he never died, they deny his resurrection. Hmm. Yeah. And that's that sounds familiar with some other cult groups that are that we're familiar with. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Jesus, the brother of Michael the Archangel. Um, the Mormon doctrine of Jesus being the brother of Lucifer, uh, more, uh, so, so are you saying that Jesus in the eyes of Islam is a created being? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that is, that is crucial for us to understand as we go through this is, you know, those three points and are the, the, the part of Christianity that is the absolute crucial part, which is why I asked for him to, 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 you know, say it again, because, uh, these three main tenets are things that, that disassociate us with all other faith groups. And it's important for us to understand that as we go through this, mm -hmm. because and, uh, go ahead. And Fred mentioned he asked a question that he asked, "Do they believe Jesus will come again?" Yes. Um, for Islamic eschatology, they believe one of the things about being the Messiah is Jesus will come back. He's he will live a he'll but he'll, he's going to come back some a, a Muslim, and he's going to live a Muslim life. He's going to have two kids. One of them is named Muhammad. I, I don't remember the, the the second name, so forgive me for that. Then they think he's then they think he will die naturally. Then that's when he'll die, and he'll be buried next to uh, Muhammad. 
and uh, they will wait for the day of resurrection and Muhammad and Jesus, or yeah, Muhammad and Jesus will be resurrected um, and they will be buried together and they'll be resurrected together on the day of resurrection. Awesome. So, <clears throat> so that's, you know, these, these core truths are essential not to miss um, because, and, and, and here's, here's one of the things is that for us to understand or to engage with any other faith group, it doesn't necessarily make, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to know every single in and out of that particular faith but we have to understand and know what we believe as Christians, as those who, um, let's see, where does it say that Jesus will have two kids at Mr. Phil Fox? Um, yeah, there's, with- there's hadiths that, that talk about Islamic eschatology. Um, I don't remember the exact hadith in my brain for some reason i'm very bad at specific numbers but if you want specific numbers of hadith uh sam shamoon does go into islamic eschatology far more uh than what i just mentioned okay so yeah so i i'm not familiar with that karm uh we'll have to get back to you on that one uh for sure um karm m she's one of the moderators um and uh she um you know so so we'll we'll definitely get back to her karma's around yeah. a, a lot so so we can definitely um hit her back up with that information or uh shoot maybe you can even throw up a video on on that uh yeah actually should and uh even nate 2d2 he asked uh, don't the ahmadiyya believe that jesus already came back yes um ahmadiyya is a is a is a sect of islam that uh, Nabil Qureshi comes from, uh, and a lot of Muslims will consider them heretics because they because uh, uh, Ahmed uh, came uh, after Muhammad, and there's a verse in the Quran where people interpret as Muhammad is the seal of the prophets, but his but his work around with that is he's not exactly he's not a new prophet, he's and he's a, a past prophet. Jesus came back, and their big argument is, well, it's a, in the Bible. It says Elijah will come back, but Elijah didn't physically come back. He came back in the he, he was the spirit of Elijah in John the Baptist, and they will use that argument to say Jesus doesn't come back physically, but as the leader of the Ahmadiyat sect. So yes, mm-hmm. they believe Jesus has already come back as. Uh, uh, yes, so they believe Jesus has already returned. So that's why a lot of Muslims, really, the main sects, they they don't really pay attention to them. That's why you'll see a lot of videos that say Nabil Qureshi was never a true Muslim. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think uh, I think if you hold to the five pillars of Islam and the six articles of faith. Uh, and Muhammad says that uh, you're you're a Muslim. Uh, there's I think there's a place in the Quran where it says, if you say there is no God but Allah, the Shahada, uh, then you're a Muslim. So um, I I do think Nabil was a actual uh, ex-Muslim. 
even though their eschatology is a little different from mainstream Islam. Mm. Uh, Servant of Christ had a question. He said, uh, question for Gen Z, uh, how much has he looked at into the experience of Muhammad feeling like he was attacked by an evil spirit at first and his want to attempt suicide? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. Mainly, uh, the main source that people will quote is Ibn Asak. Uh, but I think, I think Bukhari also mentions, I think Bukhari also mentions it, but Ibn Asak is the main person. Who mentions it? Uh, Muhammad was at count uh, count uh, cave was at a cave, and he was on like a, a usual retreat he did, and he was as uh, servant of Christ says he was felt like he was attacked by a demon. There was this entity that was choking him, telling him to read. Uh, it choked him three times because uh, it choked him the first time. It said read. Muhammad said, "I can't." Then it choked him again. It said read. I can't and back and forth until um, it said read and Muhammad said, what shall I, what shall I recite? Because the, the angel says recite in Ibn Asak. So he says, what shall I recite? And he goes into this spiel, uh, read in the, in the name of the Lord who created, who created in out of blood coagulated. And so Muhammad does think after that he's possessed by a poetry demon. He goes, woe is me, a uh, poet or possessed, tries to kill himself multiple times in just that little bit of Ibn Asag. And uh, he runs to his wife, Khadija, and her cousin, Waraka, covers himself with a blanket because he thinks he's possessed. And Khadija and Waraka, they're the, they're the people who convince Muhammad that he's a prophet. So Muhammad doesn't go, whoa, I must be a prophet. It's his wife and it's, it's his wife and his wife's cousin that convince him, no, you're not, you're not demon possessed. You're a prophet of God. Mm. Wow. Um, Fred Sanford uh, said, Phil Fox and Gen Z apologetic. Why is Islam considered a white man's religion? <laughs> uh well, not, that's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because, not, go ahead. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's he, he's joking because Christianity is called the white man's religion a lot. And uh, Fred knows that and there's hadiths that say that Muhammad was white. He had a white complexion. He had a white face. He had a white stomach, a white armpit, a white shin. There's like six or like seven sources that describe him and his body parts as white. And there's multiple sources that say he owned, sold, bought, and traded African slaves. Um, like there's this one, a quick story is um, there's this slave, this uh, there's this person who comes to him and says, I want to become a Muslim. And Muhammad's like, okay, you're welcome aboard. And uh Oh, he had to do something real quick. Yeah, so for uh, let's shout out to my wife, uh, Ashley Benvin Fox. She's in the chat on the Facebook side. Um, yeah, so as far as the white man's religion part, um, yeah, I'm not familiar enough with Islam, uh, Fred Sanford. And uh, if, if that is truly uh, something um that uh that is is said but hey there you, go. you never know first time you 
first time for everything. Yeah. So uh, continuing with that, uh, this the slave comes to Muhammad. Uh, he converts to Islam, but it turns out he's a slave, and his slave master um, comes uh, comes inside uh, and tells him he's a slave. And uh, so Muhammad's to get out of this, he he buys that slave uh, is by giving the owner two black slaves. Okay, awesome. So I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I haven't met any. I, I assume Fred's joking when he says, "Why is Islam considered the white man's religion?" Because you know that's that's Fred. <laughs> Fred Sanford, it's uh, good to see you back, brother. Um, Nate Two D Two says that he hear Muslims say that the I'm not sure how to say that Ahmadiyya. Yeah, Ahmadiyya okay. uh, is different to to them as the Mormons are to Christians. Like David Wood compares them, compares the differences to between Christians and the, the Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah, I would, okay. I would agree with that. I would agree with that comparison no. because uh, Mormons believe in polytheism. They believe, and like as you said earlier, that uh, Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. And on and on and on. Uh, it's uh, uh, sorry, Mormonism mm -hmm. uh, contrasts. It, it doesn't it does not hold to the core doctrines of Christianity. Mm -hmm. The sect of Ahmadiyya does hold to the core doctrines. They just they're just their their main thing is they think uh, Jesus already came back. So it's not more of a core doctrine thing. It's more of an es eschatology or end times thing. So I would agree with that uh, comparison. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. So, um, what are some of the, uh, some of the other, um, uh, major or are there other major, um, oh man, here we go. Time to mess with Phil Fox. Are you going to <laughs> repent for your Miami Dolphins idolatry? <laughs> yes, I am a Dolphins fan. I have my hat at the ready. <laughs> But look, listen, listen. People who, people who want to dog on the Dolphins, re remember this is the only perfect team ever, ever. And everyone wants to say, "Well, you, you know, you that was a hundred years ago." All right, well, you count all of your past Super Bowls, don't you? Huh? Eh? So, uh, so yeah. So <laughs> my brother, servant of Christ, uh, love it. But um, so other major objections to um, from from Islam, we talked about Christ, we talked about the Scripture. Uh, um, why don't you go in a little bit to, uh, to the um, uh, the? I know you mentioned it briefly before we got into some of the questions, but so the corruption of of the Bible uh, hmm. that are claimed by the the Muslims. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a lot, it's probably the biggest objection I've heard is the Bible's corrupted, the Torah's corrupted, the gospel's corrupted. Um, but nowhere in the Quran does it say that. You got uh, Surah, Surah, I think it's Surah 3 verse 4 or Surah 4 verse 3. I don't know why, but those numbers are switching in my head for some reason. But that says um, that the, that the, Gospel and the Torah have been revealed by Allah. So that goes into its inspiration. And 
even why it doesn't talk about the corruption is in Surah 7, verse 157, it talks about that there are prophecies about Muhammad in the Torah and the gospel. And these are, um, and these are Torahs and gospels in the seventh century. So, and we know that it's still the gospel we have today because we know what was what the gospels said and the Torah said in the seventh century. We have Torahs and gospels from before the seventh century, during, and after the seventh century. It says what it says today. Mm -hmm. And even in Surah, Surah 5, verse 46, Surah 5, verse 47, and Surah 5, verse 48, it basically says, Jews judged by the Jews judged by the, the Torah, Christians judged by the gospel, and Muslims judged by the Quran. Um, and Surah 5 verse 48 says, I could have I could have gathered you all to worship to follow, sorry, to follow one thing, but I didn't. So Surah for, verse 46 says the Jews follow the Torah. Surah Surah 5 verse 47 says Christians follow the gospel. And even uh, and even I think it's five and the Quran even says that Jews, sorry, that Christians have no stand, have no grounds to stand upon unless they stand on the gospel. So, while a lot of Muslims will say it's corrupted, there's a lot of verses that say it's not. But of course, Muslims will give verses from the Quran that says it is. Yes, that the Islamic dilemma, uh, which is not something I, I pulled up. I pulled up some things. That was not one of them. I probably should because that comes up a lot. But yes, uh, there's stuff like Surah, Surah 5, verse 46 through 48 that talks about the authority. You got Surah 7, verse 157 that talks about the preservation, at least in the 7th century. And we know what it said in the seventh century. It says what it says today, and the inspiration. So, while a lot of Muslims will say it's corrupted, the Quran would disagree with them on that front. Yeah, and then <clears throat> there's also the you know you mentioned the um, the Muhammad in the scripture. Um, yeah, but <clears throat> but according to Deuteronomy uh, 18, mm -hmm. uh, Muhammad doesn't fit the the standard of, of what a prophet should be because, um, you know, first of all, he speaks a different God. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also, uh, he has prophecies that have not come to pass mm -hmm. and yeah. that is very strict. Um, in that, I mean, it's telling and, and people want to jump over that, these passages for the sake of, you know, well, you know, it doesn't have to be every single thing that he says, or it doesn't have to be every, you know, prophecy that he prophesied. There, there can be prophecy that, that, um, you know, goes forth and, and, and doesn't come to pass. But, um, but it's, it's pretty clear in Deuteronomy 18 that, you know, they are to, you know, if they prophesy, these things are to come to pass. And so, you know, it's, it's difficult for us to, um, uh, you know, if if if, uh, if, yeah. if if you want to take somebody serious and you bring up a legitimate argument, but you're only 
your only way to deal with it is to, you know, as um, I think uh, vocab, I don't know if he's the one who coined the term, but, you know, playing theological hopscotch with, yeah. the, with these types of things. Yeah, the verse is, now the verse that they'll say is about Muhammad is Deuteronomy 18, verse 18. It says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you, Moses, uh, from, among your, from among your brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command them. In fact, I think it's the Yusuf Ali translation of the Quran for Surah 7, verse 157, where it says prophecies about Muhammad in the Torah. I think it's the Yusuf Ali translation that 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 cites Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen. Um, uh, but as you said, like in verse twenty, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, the same prophet shall die. Mm -hmm. And people will bring up the satanic verses where Muhammad wants the pagans to accept him; they don't. Because there's other places where they drive or they they drive him out of Mecca because he is criticizing uh, and speaking against the the polytheism of Mecca. Mm -hmm. And so he gets revelation which that he thinks is from Allah, saying that the three pagan goddesses, Allah, Manusa, and Allah, uh, are kind of that are their messenger lower goddesses that are like cranes that carry your prayers up to the throne of Allah. And he, he gave that as revelations, as Quran. And he bowed down to that revelation, his followers did, and the pagans of Mecca did. But a little while later, Gabriel, supposedly, um, comes to him, says that you have this was from the devil and Muhammad even says, I've spoken things from Allah that Allah has not said. So Muhammad fits not the category of Deuteronomy 18, 18, but Deuteronomy 18, 20. And if he was around during the time of Moses, things not would not have ended well for him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause verse 20 says, <clears throat> but the prophet who's presumes to speak a word in my name, that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, uh, that same prophet shall die. So, um, and let's see, uh, let's see, where was the, I was just looking at it and then I think I lost it, but, uh, yeah. Do you want the, the Deuteronomy 1820? Yeah. Yeah. I have it right here. I thought I was looking at 1820. Maybe not. Oh, no. I have it right here if you want me to read it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but the prophet who presumes to speak in a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of, of other gods, that same prophet shall die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the one I just read. Mm -hmm. But uh, okay. Here we go. Verse 22 is what I was looking at. Sorry. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord... If the word does not come to pass or come true, that it was that as the word of the Lord has not spoken, and the prophet has spoke spoken spoken it presumptuously, you need not to be afraid of him. Yeah. So 
So uh, yeah, before we go any further, shout out to uh, Sister Shawnee Miller. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Sister. Uh, always faithful, uh, Sister Shawnee. Um, yeah, I got to check her out. She's been she, her her uh, and um, Michelle Turner have been you know they've been coming up you know along with Dinu, uh, you know, putting putting down some some facts during the Bodega Nights. And uh, shout out to them. Uh, both of them will be on, as well as Dinu will be on uh, this coming Friday with uh, with BK Apologist on his channel uh, with the Bodega Bodega Lady Night Ladies Night. So, um, so yeah, go and check that out. Yeah. So Fred Sanford put the same scripture up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so it's pretty it's pretty clear. Um, you know, the prophet Muhammad and, um, you know, there's some other prophets that wrote some other books, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that are out there who claim to be prophets who claim to write books. Um, but these books are untrue. So book of Mormon is one of them. Um, the, you know, yes. of course the Quran, uh, is another, um, you know, simply by these passages, uh, it disqualifies these these people, and not only that, but I mean these these prophets that are in all these all these cult groups, you know the Jonestown and um, you know the David Koresh's and you know all these yeah, who, who yeah. are clear cut clear cut lunatics, um, you know. But uh, but yeah, so so it's uh, you know it is a uh, who is Ellen G White? Ex- uh, say it again. Who is Ellen G. White? Ellen G. White. I'm not familiar with who that is. One of many. Uh, you might have to let me know. Uh, shout out to you, brother. Uh, I'm going to butcher your name. Uh, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> uh, my brother. I've seen you on the on the chats. Uh in Ellen Ellenchus. Uh that's that's horrible. Seventh day Carm says. Uh Elenchus. <laughs> My wife is in the background. Uh okay. Yeah, Ellen G. White is the uh uh the SDA prophetess. So yeah. Lucky we got y'all in the chat. Yeah, she's the SDA. Um, yeah, so um, so as we uh, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you, brother, uh, letting me butcher your name. <laughs> um, but uh, so other um. Other thing, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to. Uh, there's so many questions and stuff going on with with the the Islam, so we might not get to some of the uh, the stuff that you had prepped with uh, with the. Um, oh uh, yeah, I had a whole I had, I had a whole slideshow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all had to ask questions. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's great, man. Because I mean, this I mean, this is what this is the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Nate said uh, part two. Um, part two. Yeah, we'll have to do a part two on the on the atheist objections. Um, I think the, the a hard way. 
but I could be wrong. Is a yeah. prophet. Oh, Ellen G. White is a prophet for the Seventh-day Adventists. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. So, yeah. I appreciate y'all. Uh, and I think, I think the, the, the CH has a K sound in Elenkias. So yeah, I'm not sure, but, um, but yeah, so <clears throat> more, um, more, any more common objections that you're, um, that you have sort of in the queue? Yeah. Uh, like my whole, uh, slideshow thing I have, I had prepared was, um, arguments that they'll, that they will use. Like the Quran has been perfectly preserved. Um, when uh, the sources disagree with that, um, if I could, I could get a quick one. Mm -hmm. Well, you're getting that ready. Uh, Elenkus, right? Good job, Servant of Christ Ministries. Yeah. You, you get today's gold star. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, appreciate you, uh, appreciate you, brother, hanging in there with me, uh, not turning away, turning your back on a brother. Uh, so yep. what you got? What you got, man? Yeah, uh, this is. I'm gonna have to have to pull it up. You gonna share your screen? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Now I have to come go to there. There. Um, Sahih Muslim, uh, 2286. Abu Musa al-Shari al al sent forth the reciters of Basra. They came to him and they were three and they were 300 in number. They recited the Quran and he said, you are the best among the inhabitants of Basra. For you are the reciters among them, so continue to recite it. But bear in mind that your reciting for a long time may not harden your hearts, as we hardened the hearts, as were hardened the hearts of those before you. We used to recite a surah which is resembled in length and sevit and severity to Surah Al Barat, Surah Nine. I have, however, forgotten it with the exception of which I remember out of it. If there were two valleys of riches for the son of Adam, he would long for a third valley and nothing would, would fill the stomach of the son of Adam but dust. And we used to recite a surah which resembled one of the surahs of, of sur, surahs of Musbihat. And I have forgotten it. Now I have more but that was just a quick thing that we probably won't be able to go into because i had a lot of slides but basically the story behind that is they went to the reciters of basra and they said don't stop reciting it because you'll forget it like we did and he gave this verse from the surah that he forgot and for those who say well he forgot it but maybe the others remembered it that that verse that's supposed to be in the Quran is not in the Quran today. Mm. So 
even, even they didn't even put those little verses. They they forgot so many. They decided to, to card it out, to card the whole thing out. So the Quran, but dust. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Nate two D two. I'm just I'm just reading. I'm just reading it. I don't know what it means. It basically means humans are greedy. If he gets two, if he gets two valleys of riches, he's gonna want a, a third. The whole butt dust thing. I don't really know the meaning behind that. But you know, what can you do? But yes, yeah. if go on. Oh yeah, <clears throat> no. I was just gonna ask. Um, go ahead and finish your thought, and then I have a question after that. Oh no, you. Uh, I base. I was just answering. Uh, okay. Because because Nate said. In quote, but dust question mark. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just reading it. Uh, Jack, good to see you, brother. Yeah. So, so what were you gonna say? So yeah. So <clears throat> look, I had a question, or maybe you can clarify because the 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 slide that you just showed said it was from where. Um, the source of that is. Um, it's the source apparently is from Sahih Muslim 2286. I can even look it up. Okay. So, no, 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 the, 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 um, you don't have to do that. So what is Sahih Muslim? What, what is, is that uh, part of the Quran? Is that, no, what is that uh, exactly? So yeah, I, I, sh I probably should have clarified. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just everybody I talk to knows Islam. Uh, yeah. so, so we, yeah, what we have to do is we have to frame it up that way because not everyone deals with islam so yeah what what is that clarify. forgive yeah, me yeah. no problem so you have the quran which is you know the quran but you also have these things called hadith which is can range either from commentary on the quran um and all the way to things that muhammad said what the hadith are it has it's it's very it's a whole range of things, but you have these different collections of hadith, and the top three is called Sahih Sahih al Bukhari, and that is second to the Quran itself. Then below that you have Sahih Muslim, then you start getting into the Sunnah Abu Dawood area. And but that that is the Sunnah literature. There's also a different category called the Sira with Ibn Asak, the history of Aptabari. There's a lot, but because the Quran, the Quran, you you can't really. There's there's a whole lot that it's missing because the Quran has a weird thing where it will go into a topic, and it'll just go to a completely different thing halfway through, and it'll do that over and over again. And they'll have laws that they don't know where it came from. So they have this thing called the Insad, where it's basically a transmission that I got this from this person, from this person, from this person, from this person, mm. uh, who, who said Muhammad said. Mm. So that's how the Hadiths were, com were compiled. It's like, he told me that he told me that Muhammad said. Right. And... You have stuff like that. You have stuff on commentaries of the Quran. It's there's a lot. Yeah, so I think that's important <clears throat> because, um, you know, there's a common thread within, uh, we'll just call them cult groups, right? Um, unfortunately, see, Chris, th this is another piece where Christianity sort of stands alone. 
is that we get our doctrine from the Bible itself. Mm. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas many groups who claim to be of God, they get their doctrine from outside of the Bible or out, even outside of their own holy book. So example is, this is a perfect example of that. The Muslims, most of their active faith is, does not come from the Quran. Most of the active faith comes from the Hadith, which are in essence a commentary on the on on the Quran. Mm-hmm. And so they're explaining it and that, that that's where they get their active everyday faith, where they get their tenets and these types of things. Now yeah. they say that they're based on the Quran, um, but it's the same thing within Mormonism. They don't necessarily get their their all any of their doctrine from the Bible. They get it from the Doctrine and Covenants. They get it from the Pearl of Great Price. Um, you know, so all of that doctrine does not sit within the Scripture. Yeah, it's all it's all outside of Scripture, and so. That's another parallel. Jehovah's Witnesses are the same way. All of their faith, active faith, and the, their theological framework does not come from the Bible. It comes from the Watchtower Society. Um, so, you know, these are important little nuances to, to understand and to see when you're dealing with these types of groups. Um, you know, a lot of their stuff, and they have the sidestep issues, they don't, they can't attack, you know, you, you give them the scripture, they'll give you some very odd looking nuanced version of it. And you ask them to cross-reference it and they can't because it doesn't stand within scripture. You know, um, one of the, one of the classic cases of this is, is the Ezekiel 37 passage that the book of Mormon tries to use, you know, but then they, instead of standing on the uh, on further scripture they have one central base that's our scripture but then we have to go to outside sources in order to support that same thing with jehovah's witnesses same thing with islam you know that is that is the a, a key piece for us to understand that all of these things have a common thread and there's a common theme so um so we're almost at an hour brother um do you have any more to add um any more to any more that you wanted to chew on while we're doing this as we're going through yeah uh like with hadith the the main uh commentaries on the quran itself like for deep ones those are called tafsirs um like you'll have like one of the big ones is tafsir jalal al jalalain and the hadith it it has a very range it has a huge range uh of of topics so while a lot of uh quran commentaries can come from the hadith also a lot of them come from the the main ones can come from the tafsirs or the hadith because the hadith are just so broad in what they talk about yeah yeah, one of many uh, Roman Catholicism is, I mean, uh, we can do a whole series of shows on just that. But 
an overarching thing is that, um, you know, there, I'm sure that there are some within the Roman, uh, Catholic church that are genuinely saved. Um, you know, because they do believe in a lot of the core tenets of Christianity. Um, but the overall doctrine, uh, that they have is, you know, they, they deify Mary, uh, you know, she is essentially a deity, you know, they pray to, um, essentially what would be, you know, sub gods with all the saints. Um, you know, they, they pray to all these different saints and each saint sort of has, there's a hierarchy of saints and, and how they, uh, correspond with, you know, how long a person will spend in purgatory and, and, um, you know, as far as the mass itself, you know, the, you know, there's the literal, uh, the, the, the literal blood and body of Jesus Christ that is, uh, basically, you know, re it's, it's redone every, every single mass session over and over and over and over the countless times. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, Gen Z <laughs> so much for my presentation. Um, but, uh, no, but I mean, I, I, I appreciate you, um, you know, coming on and, and having a conversation, you know, because, uh, I think, you know, it's important for us to have these types of conversations, you know, because, uh, you know, they can go anywhere and listen to, you know, somebody they can go anywhere on YouTube, but they can't listen to Gen Z, break it down, you know, break it down, bring it to the, bring it to the rubber bring the rubber to the road, you know, and that's, what's beneficial with this, you know, my, uh, my brother. So I don't want you to be discouraged, um, in any way, or, you know, I, because I know that the people, they, um, let's see. Uh, okay. Thanks. It sounds like uh, James, some of James White. I need to go deeper into research. Uh, so many cults and so little, <laughs> yeah, you're right. One of many <laughs> that is, Yeah. And see, and that, that's the thing is, you know, that's why I wanted Gen Z on is because, I mean, first of all, Gen Z, young brother, uh, you know, he's he's going to be starting his his first year of college this semester. And um, and he's the next generation. I mean, I'm not an old guy by any uh, by any means, but, you know, the more I can pour into him and the more he can research on his own and the more we encourage this young brother you know, to keep going, to keep digging in, to keep the passion, to keep the fire, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I want to keep pouring into the next generation. You know, I was inspired definitely by, uh, by vocab, you know, when he brought a bunch of the younger guys on and, and kind of gave them a showcase, um, you know, and, and your brother in Christ. And, you know, I, that's how actually how I met uh, Gen Z. I was actually a part of that group. You were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 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 So they, yeah. They renamed the name uh, from Youth Apologetics Empire to the Apologetics Roundtable because we didn't really do. Uh, we it wasn't more of a group. It was more. It was more. We did our own thing, but we checked in on other stuff. Like, hey, what books would you recommend? Like, uh, one of the main guys uh, said, like, hey, what are some? What are some? As he put it, like some scholarly books on. New Testament reliability, not just apologetics books. So, besides just sharing TikTok memes and book recommendation, that was really it. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> you know, and I, you know, if you have a, if you ever have a topic or you have something that you just, you know, you, you want to, you know, you want to, you want to dig in, you know, I don't, don't hesitate to reach out, man, you know, cause I know myself and, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of these other guys who may be a little more established, um, you know, yeah. So servant of Christ said he's sub to you, brother, you know, servant of Christ did some great things, you know, and I can't speak for all of them, but I'm sure that there's some who, you know, who'd be willing to host you and have some of these conversations. And because, I mean, I, I mean, some of this stuff I've never seen before and I'm, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not too, too prideful to admit to that. You know, there's stuff that I don't, I don't know. And yeah. that's, that's what's, that's, what's beautiful about this group is that we, all can encourage each other and, and reinforce each other, you know, because I'm, you know, my concentration isn't on Islam, even though, yes, I do study a little bit and, and I'm I trying to, to I was about to yeah. say, because you, I, I look into black, to Hebrew Israelism a little, um, but I'm sure, you know, way more than me, but yeah, about my channel, I, I need to edit that video. I recorded it. It's a video. Uh, a lot of Muslims will bring up Deuteronomy six, four to to debunk the trinity uh where it says uh, the lord is one so i i, I show that I, I go into the different i, I give a, a quick summary because i like to have my videos short and uh concise uh video i like to have them short and concise uh so it's breaking down the two hebrew words for one and the one it uses in deuteronomy 6 4 is had which does mean uh, absolute unity in some sometimes but it also has a second definition which is more of a compound unity so that's my newest video i'm doing okay yeah so go check that out everybody go check out gen z apologetics and his in his uh his new videos and um uh, fred fred sanford said uh, gen z apologetics uh what would you tell your muslim neighbors and friends yeah First, if you have a, a, a Muslim in your life, before I recommend you become friends first before you uh, before you start talking to them, because there's this old saying: people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And like even uh, David Wood and Nabil Qureshi, the only reason that they were able to talk about Islam for and Christianity for as long as they did because they were they were friends. They were best friends mm -hmm. so i would say be, befriend them and learn what they believe because not all muslims believe uh, the same thing learn what they believe specifically like, well what do you believe about muhammad and why do you believe about this like why do you believe the quran is the word of god and i would ask them questions and then learn what they believe then go look at the sources to what they talked about. You don't need to learn the whole shebang. I don't even know the whole shebang um, because there's just too much. Yeah. Um, so learn what learn what they talk about. I recommend if you want to learn, learn by category for to make it easier on yourself. Like Quran preservation, get some hadiths on that, and ask them like, well, what do you think of this? But I'd, I'd first say befriend them, then learn what they believe individually. <laughs> Friend said, first said, uh, David Wood never heard of him. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in relational uh, ministry. That's actually how I got saved. If, I agree. because, um, a, uh, actually my spiritual father, um, he is a missionary and he came to the Indian reservation and he, he, um, he believed heavily in relationship building as well. So not just to have, you know, not just to your, your typical missionary group that blow in, blow up and then blow out. And then there's no follow-up and there's no, you know, there's no, no plugging the people into the church or into, you know, a body of believers. So this is, you know, this is something that's heavy on my heart as well, you know, is because if you're, let's say, let's say we just go around and we just, you know, we just truth bomb people and we hit them and the, the, the bomb hits them and it explodes and there's powder all over their face. And then what? They're on their defensive. They don't know what just hit them, you know, but if you build that relationship and then if there is this turn, uh, they do see the truth. Then now that graduates into discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Uh, most apologists will say like, well, what is apologetics? They'll bring up first Peter three fifteen. I also like to add in first uh, Corinthians 13, where Paul says uh, I could speak the truth all day long, but if I don't, but if I don't love the person I'm talking to, mm-hmm. it's just clanging. It's just clanging bells or gongs. And what I say is like the modern thing is if, if you just say the truth over and over again, but you don't love them, people are just going to think that you're yelling at them. They're, they they do not actually know that you care. And so I would show, show them, you don't need to, you know, stay away. You don't need to never talk about this stuff because these are important issues that need to be talked about, but show them that you, that you truly care about them and you truly love them. And then you can say like, you know, what do you believe about, uh, what do you, what do you believe about, um, Muhammad and, and such? Yeah. 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 These guys are going wild in the chat. <laughs> it, it, it's okay. I'm a, uh, I'm a doctor who fan. So one of many's comments is uh, I laughed at. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I know Nate is, um, uh, yeah. First Corinthians 13. All right. So, um, uh, Gen Z, do you have anything, uh, other than your video coming up other than, uh, Mr. Phil Fox drops of hope ministries and Gen Z part two? Um, yeah, there's this video idea I'm thinking of doing, but I need to, I need to do the research on it because, uh, the one thing I'm bad with when it comes to research is like the hadiths. They have, they're numbered, like, uh, I'll just throw a number out there, 2133. I have no idea what, what uh, Sahih Al-Bakari 2133 says. But I, I can quote or I can paraphrase the Hadith. It's the exact numbering. That's my issue, which is okay, uh, which which is okay for now because I'm, I'm new. What I'm, plan- what I'm trying to do is get the Hadith and put them in my phone and categorize them. 
because mm-hmm. that that's just something I need to work on. But there is, I'm thinking a video of do, of doing a video on uh, uh, textual preservation because uh, somebody recommended uh, the topic to me. All right, here's a good <clears throat> here's a good encouraging encouragement quote, brother. Uh, don't let let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers as an uh, an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. First Timothy four twelve. Uh, I remember when I first started, I heard that verse many a times. As I was young, I was already in the ministry at your age, brother. You know, so I started young as well. I uh, started out as you know, I started as the sort of the youth liaison between the missionary groups that would come in and the um in the community and then that sort of worked into you know god was getting a hold of me and um you know so don't be a discouraged you know don't ever be discouraged man yeah uh you know fred uh fred likes to quote that a lot because uh, me me and fred are, are good friends and uh a lot of my a lot of my friends in the apologetics community they like to that my my nickname for, i'm i'm starting to develop a nickname now where they call me timothy because because Timothy was really young and I'm 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 really young compared to them, so um, I have a friend who said like, "Hey man, he'll just like, hey Timothy." <laughs> hey, that's that's all right. That's I mean, you're in good company. Then that means you have uh, a a good teacher, Paul. Then, <laughs> Carm wants a nickname. Go that far. <laughs> I think my Paul would be. Uh, because Robbie Zacharias is my is he's just yeah. my favorite apologist. Uh, well, be, one because he was my the first one I ever listened to, mm-hmm. and uh, I think when it comes to presenting the gospel and talking to people, I think he does the best job out of anyone. Yeah, yeah, it was a big loss for sure uh, this year when uh, when Brother Ravi passed and um, never got a chance. Actually, he was at my home church. Um, and I didn't realize we were just getting plugged in at the time and didn't realize there was an apologetics conference and he was at my home church here in Michigan. Uh, and RZM has come a few times since, uh, to my home church. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I always sort of kick myself. He was right in my neck of the woods, actually at my church (laughs) and then I missed him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, um, I definitely am from the same thing. Uh, people want to know where are you where are you, where where are you going to be going to school, uh, brother? Um, I plan on because somebody recommended that I I I, I like doing apologetics, so that's that's not at all. Uh, <laughs> I want to go into college for apologetics, but uh, I'm going. I'm getting a communication a bachelor's degree in communications so that I can have a, not only will it uh, help get a job in apologetics, but um, it will also help me get a job while I'm trying to do that. So that is getting that degree, getting my two year degree is where I'm at right now. I, I try not to think extremely far. Like I'm not thinking like PhD wise yet because the problem with me is I think way too far into the future. And then I get overwhelmed. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn to take it like month by month. But right now the plan is uh, 
bachelor's degree in communications. Okay. So secular college first and then maybe seminary later on down the road. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking because I live in Minnesota, so, uh, mm -hmm. Illinois close. So somebody recommended me Moody Bible Institute mm -hmm. because it's, yeah, because it's, it's relatively close. There's not a mm -hmm. whole lot of well-known seminaries where I live. Mm -hmm. So that's probably one of the closest and I'm, I'm going to check out that one. Uh, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to check out that one. Yeah. I know a lot of folks who've been to Moody, who've gone through Moody, actually my senior pastor, uh, at the church I'm at now, uh, Chris Brooks, uh, check out his book too, by the way, uh, urban apologetics uh, by Chris Brooks. Um, he, <clears throat> um, he actually turned down, uh, the presidency of, uh, Moody Bible Institute, um, to stay in the Detroit area and to, uh, to, to be our, uh, our senior pastor at our church and at, uh, Woodside Bible church. So, um, yeah, so it, yeah, I know a lot of Moody folks. There's a lot of Moody folks in the area. There's actually a, uh, a branch of Moody here in, um, uh, <laughs> Fred said there's no noise in Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. They always get mad when they say Illinois. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so, um, so anyway, at this point we're just rambling, but, uh, folks are still listening in and the chat is going crazy, but, um, but, uh, so final words, uh, we definitely have to do part two and, uh, get into your slideshows because you had uh, a couple different ones prepped. Um, yeah, I was about to say, uh, <laughs> uh, all of, all of, all of this for me was improv because I was, I was spending like a good couple of days, like, uh, trying to get. I knew what I wanted to talk about, so I spent a good couple of days trying to get slides for it so I could look cool yeah. and professional. Um, <laughs> but then, then people started asking questions. I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey, that I mean, you know, we got to be ready. In season, out of season, man. In season and out of season. But, I mean, you did great. You know, thank you for coming on, brother. Uh, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time out and um, – and being, uh, you know, being flexible and even though you had all this stuff ready, but, um, but, uh, but I, I, I definitely thank you. So make sure to share, like, subscribe, go out to Gen Z apologetics on YouTube, uh, go look him up and, uh, subscribe to his stuff. The link is in the chat on the Facebook side and I've put the chat up or put the, uh, the link up a couple times on the screen. Thank you, Nate right in time there it is uh youtube.com uh subscribe gen z apologetics so go and look for him or just go and type in uh gen z apologetics in the search bar at youtube um good uh yeah for uh for part two if people want to know like what presentation is about the main things is i gathered i gathered sources on uh, for Islam, I gathered sources on textual preservation of the Quran, um, scientific, what they will say, scientific miracles, because they think, because they say we can know the Quran is true because of its scientific accuracy. So I got, I got stuff on that. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff on that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what was the other one for, for Islam? 
I'm blanking. But then I did stuff on it. But then I got stuff on atheism, like the Kalam and contingency and uh, fine tuning with uh, resurrection. So that's so yeah. So I got stuff on atheism and Islam. <laughs> <laughs> They're trolling you in the chat. <laughs> yeah, Nate. Every time I'm in a live stream, Nate just he he, he just he has a need to um <laughs> like I was I was I was live with your brother in Christ and Eliso Elohim and wait I thought he was your brother in Christ. <laughs> And so we both we both admitted that we hadn't watched any John McRae videos in like a couple of days. And you know, Nate being Nate, he was like, was like, well, well, Hayden, do you have a dependent child that you need to take care of? I was like, and he just asked that randomly in the chat. I was like, what? And it tur turns out because in their live streams they do a lot of things with their their son so he'll say um it's like well and then rocks b jumped on the the trolling me train he's like well uh, she she has a child you have to take after so that's why like what what's your excuse what's your excuse <laughs> oh rocks b just got called out <laughs> all right family we we better get out of here but um but yeah so yeah everyone's calling for a part two so um so we'll set up a part two and uh, possibly a part three because because uh, brothers got stuff set up for um, for dealing with some of the atheist arguments. Uh, so that would be another awesome show, too. So maybe we'll have to do part three, maybe part four. Um, but yeah, so uh, you never know. It might just turn out to be the the Gen Z Mr. Phil Fox show or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so be looking out for that. So, but, uh, but right now we got to get out of here cause we're, we're well over an hour. So, um, so with that Gen Z apologetics, uh, Mr. Phil Fox, thank you all for joining us. And, uh, we pray that your the rest of your Sunday is blessed. We'll see you soon. <laughs>